This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership inside the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with David Witt. David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. David, I remember back several months ago where we had uh, one of our missionaries. Um, well, one of our, really, he's more than a missionary. He really is an Iranian who loves Jesus, who's discipling people and who wants to stay in Iran. He loves Iranian people. He calls them Persians. And he talked about how Persia is in the end times. Persia is part of Revelation and that there's a, re- there's a revival that the Bible talks about coming to Persia specifically, and that he's starting to see rumblings of that happen. And so tell me a little bit about what you see happening in Iran among the Persian people right now. Yeah, well, thanks, Mark. And just for everybody who's following us, uh, just to put them in the order, this is part two. The, we, you and I started this wonderful discussion in the last podcast of um, as the leadership principle day of hiding the word of God in our heart. And, uh, and so I just want to illustrate that today with what I've seen in our relationship with Iranian believers, Middle Eastern believers. Yeah, um, in Iran, it's one of the top 10 persecuted nations. Very difficult to be a believer there. We know of uh, some believers that were put in seven years in prison just for having a Bible. Mm. That was in the court. So, you know, they've had to get smart and shrewd in this world and, and the way, you know, the, the Babylonian world system works. And, and the Lord's really shown them the power of hiding the word of God in their heart. And so they they do not, you know, have many of them don't have Bibles. They use electronic means to have the word of God and to study it in discreet ways. And then when they're sharing with somebody like a coffee shop or meet somebody in the park or somebody they work with, they never, you know, bring out the word of God. And then what they have the uh, their disciples, those who they're sharing the word with, and, and you know, unbelievers, when they're really just profoundly caught and in, in, in drawn by the word of God and by scripture that they're quoting in, in the history of in, that we read in God's word, they had them write it down in with their own handwriting. And then they tell them, go home and, and think about this and ask ask yourself, what do you learn about God? What do you learn uh, about yourself? And, and what do you see, see God telling you to do? Um, and so that way, and see what's going on here is they're helping them, of course, get God's word in their heart, but also they're being shrewd. That they're, right, they're having them write down the scriptures. So if they're stopped by the police, it's their own handwriting. And they can't, they don't have proof that, you know, these people are, distributing God's word, but they are distributing God's word. Um, but they're doing it heart to heart, you know, word by word kind of thing in relationship, which is just beautiful mm-hmm. because that's really what the body of Christ is. So we, we just see it's so important that we started at, as we teach about discipleship, that we teach how it starts with, again, loving God and the way we love God's put his word in our hearts. So we might not sin against him. Yeah, well, it's critical that that people who are in the church, whether that be in Iran or that be here in the states, that they internalize God's word. I mean, in Iran, obviously, it's important because if they're caught with the Bible, um, you know, they may be put in prison. But even for those of us who don't get put in prison for having a Bible, uh, having God's word memorized, internalizing God's word has a way of transforming our actions so that we're more like Christ. And uh, and the Bible tells us to do that. It tells us, you know, Deuteronomy, that we should be 
we should be talking to our kids about about the word at, at all times of the day. That uh, Colossians talks about letting the word of God dwell in us richly, and and uh, part of it dwelling in us means that it's doing something inside of us. So so tell us a little bit about why is it so important that we not only read God's word but we take some time to memorize God's word. Well, you know, I want to. You just you just quoted Deuteronomy six there. I want to go back there, sure, Mark, and let's read that because there's a lot of a lot of depth there. And these words that I command you today, so this is God speaking, that command right. you today shall be, and here it is, on your heart. Everybody catch that, because out of the heart comes the overflow of life, right? So, and then once it's on your heart, listen to what happens. You shall teach them dig- diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind the word of God again as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them as doorpost of your house and on your gates. Okay. So there's a lot of metaphor there. Um, Obviously there's some even Jews today that actually literally on the forehead, you know, put the put the Torah and, and on their hands, but more what we see is what that represents in all of it. So again, once it's in our heart, what happens? It becomes a lifestyle of relationships happening in our home. So our home becomes uh, a place, a true sanctuary. Uh, you know, and the really the home of our heart is a sanctuary of God. So then you see, out of that is children representing discipleship, because there's physical children, but there's spiritual children. And you should talk when you sit at the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down. In other words, along the way, in, in everything you do, uh, it becomes an opportunity to, to teach, to encourage, to strengthen, to bring understanding. On your hand, the signpost hand is strength in the Bible. So with the strength, and strength means your influence, your strength, your authority. When you when you speak, how many people listen? That's a strength. If you have a lot of people that listen to you, you have a lot of respect in your community. That that means you're strong. You have a lot much strength, and, and it's so it's leverage. And then um, frontals between your eyes is the idea at the forefront. You're thinking, meditating on God's word. It's on your heart. Of course, it's a do- doorpost of your house and on your gates is the idea. That the only thing that's entering into your home and what you oversee, your control, your authority is the things that honor God. And so it's a, and so that all starts though in the heart. And if we want to honor God, we have to then put these things in our heart and then God begins to order all of our life. Yeah. Cause I think that what the Bible is getting at is not that he, not that it's telling us to pull out a magic marker and begin to write on our walls, but that what's represented in our house is something that honors Christ. And so when we get back, we want to unpack this idea of embedding God's word into our heart that so that it ultimately will embed itself into our lives. So we'll unpack that a little bit more when we get back from this break. At Risk Radio. Can you imagine trying to disciple a church with only one Bible? This is Mark Stafford from At Risk Radio, and our contacts in Venezuela are telling us incredible stories about people coming to know Jesus, all the while pastors are missing Bibles for their people. After receiving a Bible from our ministry, one man said with tears in his eyes, no one has ever given me such a beautiful gift. 
At Risk Radio, in our partnership with SOM International, is working to bring 2 million Bibles into Venezuela. For more information about how you can help, go to atriskradio.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt, and David Witt is the CEO of SOM International. Now, David, some of these places where where ministry, places where uh, the people who are ministers of the gospel are at great risk, they can't really just take a Bible and start sharing that with people openly, or, or they'll be put in prison. We really are seeing that people are are having uh, serious consequences for preaching the gospel, mm-hmm. and then they have a serious lack of technology. Uh, sometimes they don't even have a copy machine. So how are people making disciples and and doing this process of getting God's word into the hearts of those who call themselves believers? Yeah. Like, for instance, in India, we're, we're working among many of the outcast and low caste. This is socially economic um, bottom of the barrel. Uh, it's extreme poverty where these people haven't even owned a, a bicycle. I mean, some of the tools that we give to the church players are bicycles. The first bicycle they've ever learned in their life. And I, I remember we gave a bicycle to a 70-year-old and who had never even owned a bicycle, let alone a car or anything else. So right. um, people have to understand the extreme poverty we're talking about where they just don't have tools. They can't, they don't even have the money many times, even extra money to buy a Bible, um, you know, printed Bible, even if they had one. And they're, they're lacking there. Plus, um, many of the villages they're working in are restricted, uh, persecuted, and difficult villages. So it's very dangerous for them to be very visual about the the faith and preaching the word of God. And and so, um, you know, you got all that going on. Uh, and and what, what we talked about so far, hiding the word of God in your heart, which is the safest place. Well, also in those areas is illiteracy is, um, is high. And so uh, typically in some of these villages, there could be 20 believers in a house church. And only the church planner himself would be literate. So you get at one out of twenty who actually can read and write. And so how are, how are you to disciple and develop them? Well, they they simply don't have done it the way that's that it started in the beginning. Right. It's they hide the word of God. They help the people hide the word of God in their hearts. So they they do sections of passages of scripture. They'll repeat it. They'll have a tell each other to repeat over the, the story to get some accuracy. And of course, then they'll go into inductive Bible study to really draw out God's application, spiritual observations and application. And so that's the truly the word of God, as you even quoted earlier, dwelling richly uh, in our heart and teaching and modesting one another psalms, hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in the hearts of, in your hearts to the Lord. And, and so that's just a demonstration of, you know, using of incarnational multiplication or distribution of God's word is God loves distributing through people. And that, that's our greatest resource and God's greatest resource that he says that we are all ambassadors, representatives of, you know, of the word of God and, and, and ministers of reconciliation. Yeah, it's incredible to think that even if we were able to get some of these people a Bible, they couldn't even do anything with it. They they have no idea how to read it. Um, I know that's not the case. Often when we go into Latin America, mm-hmm. many of them are literate, and that's why we're trying to get them Bibles so so desperately. They, they can mm-hmm. read, and that would be the most valuable book that they, that they would have in their arsenal. But a place like India, the lowest caste in India, um, 
you're, you're right. That's that's incredible. It's mm-hmm. incredible poverty, but yet um, uh, getting creative and how they communicate the word of God and telling stories. Uh, when we see even Jesus, who obviously was able to read and write, <laughs> he even took time to to memorize and study and uh, spend time at the temple with those religious leaders in his day. What yeah. what, what what can we learn from Jesus's example there? Well, and thank you, Mark, because always in our show, we try to bring it back to Christ. We are the greatest leaders and influence when we are mature in Christ. Right. He is our image. He's our He's He's our likeness. He is the spirit in us. And and so, you know, it's interesting. If we look at Luke 2, um, we find that Jesus, that's when he's 12 years old, that classic story. And his, you know, the parents miss him for three days. And it's just a great details of a fun little uh, snippet in the in the scriptures, but gives us great insight. And right. so they, uh, Mary and, and Joseph, are looking for Jesus frantically back at Jerusalem, which is a you know mega city there. And and they after three days, they finally found him at temple courts. It says sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard Jesus was amazed at Jesus's understanding and his answers. And, and so what we see right there is here's Jesus in his, he, he says later, I, I didn't you expect me to be in my father's house? So the father's house was, you know, the temple there, they're representing God's presence and his word being there. And what is Jesus doing? Even he, and this is the mystery of the incarnation, but even he is learning. It says Jesus was listening to them and asking them questions. Hmm. Now with it, of course, Jesus, the spirit of the Holy Spirit on him. He amazed them with his understanding and his answers. But but catch that, Jesus was learning his word. Now, that's a mystery that Jesus came as a, a baby, had to be fed, had to relearn everything, the essence of him. Jesus was fully God in his spirit, but yet experienced the fullness of obedience and, and learning and experiencing and maturing, and even that including putting God's word in his in his own heart. And I know that's a huge mystery and yeah. just to get our minds around that, but that's what we're told in the in the word of God. And and so how if that is Christ himself who devoted himself to the word and put it in his heart and meditated and thought about these things as he grew in understanding and wisdom, how much more for us as his disciples and growing in the Holy Spirit that we should do the same. Right, right. Well, and what Jesus did, among many other things, is he lived a life that was to be emulated. And he made things priorities that we should make priority. He made a priority of discipleship. He made a priority of of learning and studying the word that <laughs> that he wrote. I mean, it's it's incredible. He he made a priority out of prayer. He, pr- he made a priority out of ministering to others and serving others sacrificially. Even as the great high priest, he was still pouring out himself as a sacrificial lamb. Uh, we we see all all of these examples that we can learn from in Jesus's life. Well, David, I think that we are starting to wrap up towards the end of our episode yet once again. I want to mention a couple things. You mentioned at the top of the episode that there's this thing called the Global Ambassador Training. And hey, can you just give us 10 seconds? Why should somebody be a Global Ambassador? Uh, because it will put you in the Word of God, give you the global perspective of what God's doing for His body, and will give you the tools to contribute to what God's doing and to really be an advocate for our global family. Perfect. So if you're sitting there wondering, what can I do to help? Well, Global Ambassadors is a great place to start. You can find out more about that over at the Spirit of Martyrdom website. That's spiritofmartyrdom.com. Well, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. 
You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.